to the Influence Factory podcast. This program is dedicated to support professionals who have a desire to develop their digital business influence so they can navigate through a fast-paced, constantly growing digital world. We invite newcomers as well as our family of business influencers to a place to play, share ideas, questions, tips, and guidance with other thought leaders around the globe. Sit back and enjoy our program with your host, Dean Delisle, as he interviews guests. News and commentary are provided by Jackson Delisle and Monica Hacker. Power Move lessons are provided by the Influencer Marketing Department at Social Jack. And production, editing, and distribution is provided by the Social Jack production team. Today's show is brought to you by Planable. Planable Planable.io gives your social media team everything they need to really move their creative process forward. It allows you to preview social media posts as they are live, real time. No more screenshots, mock-ups, spreadsheets. Your clients (laughs) can review content from within the platform. And do you have anything to say about it, Monica? It's a great platform. We've been using it now for a month. I love it. Um, It's a game changer in the content world. I highly suggest it. Yeah, go to Planable, P-L-A-N-A-B-L-E.io to start your free trial today. All right, this week's guest, I am so excited. I haven't seen her since LA IMCX show, the influencer show of all shows. Uh, Her name is Brandy Boatner. She's an award-winning digital communications professional in IBM Global Corporate Communications Team in New York. She specializes in topics such as social media, data, storytelling and branding, some of my favorites. She is a strong advocate for diversity and inclusion within public relations industry. In her spare time, she enjoys traveling, shoe shopping, speaking all over the world, and spending time with family and friends. Welcome, Brandy. Hi, thank you so much. Yes, great to have you on. And uh, uh, so, um, so how many pairs of shoes do you have? Can you guess? I have, and don't judge me because you all don't know my life, and I definitely have a shoe obsession. And my mom was just with me for the holidays, and she gave me the mom speech of too many shoes, and I need to give them away. But I have about 130 pairs of shoes. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Don't judge me. me. Although back in the day, I always say that. I'm old enough to say that now. So back in the day, I used to be that way with ties. I would fly all over the world. I'd buy ties everywhere and spend way too much money, like, you know, over $100 on a single tie type thing. I'd go to Milan, Italy, and all the fashion places. New York, I had to have a tie from like every place I visited. And uh, and I don't wear ties anymore. And uh, I can't stand the fact that I have all these ties, but I just don't. It makes it really interesting to travel because I I could easily bring a suitcase just with my shoes, Um, and particularly in the winter because I have like a variety of boots from like booties to boots to snow boots to going out boots. So like it can be it can be a challenge. Well, you have to. You know, you're in New York. You know, we're here in Chicago, and you have to have all kinds of footwear for all kinds of weather. Absolutely. You have to be pre- in fact, when we were just there a few weeks ago for uh, Social Media Strategy Summit. And this happens every time that we're there. There is always some sort of, as, as long as it's, I call it monsoon season, but there's a rain that comes down that is unlike no other. And for whatever <laughs> reason, New York's drainage system cannot handle it. And you're just all of a sudden, you're splashing around where you can really use a <laughs> pair of galoshes at that moment. <laughs> very true. Very, yeah. very true. Oh. All right, so you were uh, born and raised in New Orleans, right? New Orleans, darling, 504, definitely. Best, yes. best food in the world. I just had gumbo yesterday. My wife makes an amazing gumbo, but I'll tell you, 
we like New Orleans Nolens because the food is like second to none. And you the can best. have five different gumbos and seafood. I love seafood. So, so do I. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, so that's sort of cool. And then we were talking about your five languages before the show and you're learning a six. That's correct. We're not <laughs> talking not programming speak. languages. We're talking like speaking no foreign languages. language. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So when I, when I, you know, when I need that, when I have that special global conference call, I'm going to call you to go, Hey, could you listen? Happy and what were they really saying about me? Happy you know? to translate. My mom <laughs> does it all the time. My mom does it to me all the time. Whenever we are somewhere and someone's speaking, particularly if it's Spanish, she'll say, what are they saying? And I'm like, stop eavesdropping on people's conversation. Just very funny. <laughs> Right. And uh, so, um, and then you listed here that you met and kissed David Beckham. Yes, I did. <laughs> was so that legal? Did you, were you one of those people Stop. that ran let on the tell, field? No, 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 no. Let me tell you the story because I do want people to understand. I am not an Angelina Jolie. I am not here to break up anyone's marriage, okay? <laughs> I am well aware that David Beckham is a married man. I am well aware of that fact. I actually like Victoria Beckham. Some people think she's a little, you know, snooty. I like her. Their kids are gorgeous. So please let me preface by saying I do not advocate for ruining marriages. However, when you see an opportunity present itself, you take it. Okay. So I went, I went to college in Hawaii. I'm a Hawaii Pacific University graduate. And um, at the time, uh, David Beckham was still with the LA Galaxy towards the end of his Oh, yeah, right. Was it the LA Galaxy? And so they were playing an exhibition game against Japan, the Japanese um, national soccer team in Hawaii, right? Um, it's a huge draw. It was a huge draw for Japanese tourists who already come to Hawaii and what have you, the Galaxy in LA, come to Hawaii. It was great on all fronts. And so I was asked um, by some of the, um, the major league soccer folks who were bringing um, both teams to Hawaii I was asked if I knew any native Hawaiians that could like greet them, the LA galaxy at the airport without, you know, them hiring, you know, cause there are companies or tour companies, yeah, right. things like that. And they were like, well, she's a student. Maybe she like knows people. And of course it's me, Brandy influencers. I know people. <laughs> right. One of my very good friends at the time was the former Miss Hawaii. So oh I said, gosh. wouldn't it be great to have, Miss Waikiki, Miss Kailua, Miss Matt, like, wouldn't it be great to have the, the, these ladies meet the LA Galaxy at the airport? And so it was, it was everybody, of course, when I asked my, my friend, who, again, she was former Miss Hawaii, but then I asked the current Miss Hawaii, she was like, absolutely, let me call the other girls and we'll have like a whole, so I got 12, I want to say pageant, Hawaii pageant beauties. Goodness. Come to the Honolulu International Airport to greet the LA Galaxy so that when they got off the plane, you know, you traditionally lay somebody, you give someone a lay when you arrive to Hawaii. And so we staged like probably one of the best shots of Miss Hawaii. And I kind of told her how to do it like in slow motion. Yes, right. Back on the lay. It was like the best shot. I was very proud of that. But so he went, David Beckham and the other players went down the line you know, getting laid and getting, you know, kisses, you know, from, you know, cheek to cheek from these beautiful, beautiful women. And so what I did as they went down the line, I went to the very end of the line, like there were no more beauties, but I went to the very end of the line 
so that I could <laughs> give David Beckham <laughs> the lay. I did, but you know, when you go, when you kiss the two kisses on the cheek, I turned my head. So he had, he kissed me on the mouth. Goodness. Is that on <laughs> film anywhere? There was a picture of it. <laughs> Social again, proof, right? Social advocate, proof. <laughs> I do not advocate for, so you'll never see it, but right, there, is exactly. photo. there is a photo. Well, maybe when but I yeah, see you I at the next conference, maybe when I see you at the next conference, we'll get that. I didn't wash my face for two days. Oh my gosh, that's so, hilarious. I was like, oh my God, I just, David Beckham, oh my God. And he is a beautiful man inside and out. He was very nice. He did, I mean, it was, it was just- I've heard that about him, yeah. He's, he's very kind. He's very kind. So it was great. You know, it was really great. So there's evidence where it's like really all about who you know, right? Because uh, when, when you know, and, and actually in Social Jack, <laughs> that's our tagline, right? It's all about who all you about know. All about who you know. That's a so, great and, tagline. Uh, and 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 the idea is, you know, people are like, no, it's about who knows you. Well, you know what? That's okay. But, you know, the real relationships and the connections come from the people that you take time to know in those relationships. So we'll get Very in. True. We'll get into some of that as it applies to inf- B2B influencer. But I'm really super curious as, you know, you're head of, uh, I, I call you head of influence for IBM. So that's my title. For communication. You. So yes, I, know. Know I, I call you head of business influence. Okay. You know, cause of my book, I call, I, mm-hmm. I, I can title people, but the idea <laughs> is, and so when I heard your talk at IMCX, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to interview, interview her. Oh my gosh. You know, cause you, we're like saying some of the same things, but differently, sure. you know, which is cool. And I'm an old IBM guy, like I said, from the punch card days. There you Which go. Which is you great. Once I'm out there. Always I'm out there. <laughs> um, so how did you, you know, get to that point of IBM, you know, out of grad school, et cetera, but then also wind up, you know, taking steps to get into this role? Because this is, you know, it's a new industry technically, exactly. but it's not. Absolutely. So that really is what it came down to. So when I graduated um, in, in, in my grad degrees in digital communications, um, I remember my dad saying something like, do you really think someone's going to hire you to like tweet? Because he Twitter was only like three years old at the time, two years old actually at the time. And I was like, you know what, dad? I think I will find somebody to do that. And so because it was so new and companies were trying to figure out what to even do with social or what, what did a digital presence mean? We just got out of like, well, I got my website to where it needs to be. Now there's this thing called Twitter and now there's this Facebook and it's college kids and like what all of these things were happening. And so to your very point, it, it was new when I started at IBM. I've been at IBM January 1st will be 10 years, which is like Congrats. so crazy. Thank you. A decade, a decade I've been at this company. But when I came, this was all so new, but I had a skill set that was needed that I got in college because I could, I could clearly see the writing on the wall that this was going to be a game changer for communications, for advertising, for marketing. Like I, I knew social media was going to do that. As a matter of fact, my master's thesis uh, was called the digital butterfly effect, that when a butterfly flaps its wings in you know, Texas, there's a hurricane in Argentina. It's the right. same thing with social, but from a digital standpoint. And I remember when I defended my thesis, my professors were like, um, this is like a PhD. Like This is like such forward thinking. I was going to say, like, that could be the name of your book then? The digital butterfly effects? Maybe. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> I come from a published author. Like, I think I might have to take that under advisement because it's, you know yes. something about something. Um, yes. So, 
Yeah, but it was new. And so when I got into IBM, again, they hired me because I had a very unique skill set. When I got into the company, I, you know, some people, um, if, you, if you talk to them and you probably even if you think about back in the, the day, Dean, like some people get an IBM and it's very overwhelming because it's oh, such yeah. a large company, right? And it's such a, a historic brand and an iconic brand. Um, and we've transformed, you know, era after era after era. And so some people are like, wow, this is like a juggernaut. Like this is like a beast. Yes. Being that I am Brandy and often call myself the Beyonce of the business world, even though I know Beyonce is the Beyonce of the business world, I still like to say that. That was, a, that was an exciting thing for me that it was so big. So I didn't really get overwhelmed with the size. And I said, all right, yep, it's big, but you guys aren't doing social and we're not. And I want to make sure we do it the right way. And so I just kind of started my career um, doing social external relations. And I went to strategic communications and how we you know, strategically would show up in various places and then digital experience based on, you know, what I'd been hired to do and was able to foster that for our infrastructure business. And then after doing that for five years, I was like, you know what? We got to step it up. Influencers yeah. are now part of the equation. We have to make sure we're in the right conversations because some of the, the technology that you might've seen from IBM, um, you know, when I started, Watson came the year after and Watson yep. went on Jeopardy. But then when you start talking about things like artificial intelligence and people are thinking like, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Skynet and robots and things like that, you have to say, well, wait a minute, let's take a step back. And how do we really make this, this message and the story about how technology augments intelligence, not replaces intelligence? Right. And so you need someone who, again, who can talk to influencers, who understands social, who understands engagement. And so it was, I was really able just to kind of ride the waves and the, the evolution of, of how social media, digital media is like it is in our day, like our day to day in our DNA. And 10 years ago, it wasn't, you know, now it very much so is. So it's been, it's been great to have a career that I've been able to, to kind of shape based on how the industry has had to transform to, to social and the connected web. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I was part of uh, IBM, uh, connected to IBM through their channel partnership program. Yeah. I was a reseller for them. Mm -hmm. and um, We love and our we, business partners. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and we were always... Um, we were always enamored, like I told you before, with their training. I loved all the training. I, I started training. I, I was unique. I was a sophomore in college, and I um, received a full-time job at Merrill Lynch when we were building out a data center with IBM 36s at the time, which turned into wow. AS 400s. Yep. Um, but we were uh, sent straight to IBM school. And like you said, I was at one IBM Plaza in Chicago and it was like, oh my gosh. Like, oh this, my goodness. <laughs> I know. And the books were like this thick, you know, they were like crazy, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, you know, but it was like the best. I learned so much. Mm -hmm. And um, with that though, as I, as I evolved in business, you know, I had a very unique position where um, I always was good at, at determining who would be best to connect to if I ever needed something, you know, it was mm -hmm, like how mm -hmm. I was brought up. So, so in IBM, it seemed like they had a very connected culture way back then where it was always like, oh, you need to talk to Joe, you need to talk to Sandy, you know, it's like, they always knew who to plug you into. And then mm -hmm. that was your next relationship to get to mm -hmm. the next step, whether you were inside IBM or not. Is it still that way at IBM? It is very much still that way. That is, you know, part of our culture. And I, I am very fortunate and, and blessed to work with some of the smartest people um, in the world, actually. 
and and to be able to learn from them and to share insights and just the knowledge exchange and it really, you know, we're called IBMers for a reason. There are very few companies that add er to the name, right? I've never heard of like a FedExer or like a UPSer. Like I've never, you know, that's not. But I, I can say that is still very, very much true. And it speaks to the values of who we are and who we've always been. I mean, we've been around 109 years. And so there's 109 years of being connected, even, you know, before there was like cool to like, go to that guy, go to that. That's, I mean, that's the foundation of, of, of who we are as a company. Yeah, that's interesting. And so with, um, with, with this influencer space, it seems like a lot of us, we're all we're already practicing. Yes, you know thought we, leadership. We didn't call it that. Yes, Absolutely. I know, right? And Absolutely. so I just sort of I laugh, and you know we give it different names like digital thought leadership and all kinds <laughs> of cool things, right? Yes. Um, so with IBM uh, as influencers, and I know you don't handle the advocacy stuff, so we're really talking about the outside influencers. Um, how does that How does that look from your seat? You know, what does that look like? You know, and what is what is like even what does your role do to actually work with those outside influencers? Absolutely. So there's a lot, you know, anybody who does influencer relations knows that it's a very manual process because it's relationship based. So you can't, I know there are a lot of companies that will give you lists of who might be the best person based on follower numbers, based on, you know, if they are very popular based on quantity but anybody who does this, you know, f- full time as a job, you know, it's manual and you have to cultivate a relationship with the right influencers. And I think even for a B2B brand like, like mine, you have to be even more careful. One, we're a very conservative brand. It'd be different. I could engage differently with somebody if I was selling cookies and by the way, today is National Cookie Day. So happy right. National Cookie Day, everybody. And I'm a cookie monster. So that's, I'm sorry. I am a snickerdoodle lover and I already posted <laughs> on my Instagram, my love of snickerdoodle cookies. So just saying happy National Cookie Day. But it's, a, it's very different when you have, if you're selling cookies to you're selling mainframes or software that's going to help protect, you know, your security, or you want everyone to build a security operations center so that they don't get hacked by cyber criminals. That's a very different thing than selling cookies. So you have to make sure you have people and you align yourself with influencers who understand, A, you know, the technology that we, um, you know, create, apply, deploy, but then also people who can speak to, you know, here are some myths that you might not think about hackers or cyber crimes or things like that. And then again, you have to build a relationship with these people to ensure that there is a value exchange between them being an influencer, you know, for your, you know, for your company, for your brand and what the story you're trying to tell. So very manual, um, just given the nature of our business and you have to ensure that you have the, the, the right people. Um, one thing that really, really makes a difference to me. And I see a lot of, I'm not going to say a lot. I see several PR agencies doing this is the diversity within your influencer group. And particularly with technology, you know, technology, historically, a lot of men, right? Yeah. Um, We have a a number of programs for girls and women, you know, girls who code. And we do a lot with She Can STEM. We're one of the um, partners with the She Can STEM campaign from the Ad Council. But I don't want all my influencers to be men. I don't want all my influencers to be white men. 
I don't. I was going to say, oh, let's call it old white guys. Cause I when I was I at IBM, I was 19 and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like, you know, somebody, somebody brought their kid to work day. I go, right. That was them. <laughs> I am not an old white man. And I've been here. Neither am I. Family. Neither am I. <laughs> so things have been changing the no old white man here. So right. but, but I do, you know, that's why we love you, Brandy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I do want to ensure that, that, uh, you know, that the influencers I have are, you know, representative of not only our audience, you know, so, oh, well, CIOs are mostly men. That is true, but that's not our only buyer, right? right? Developers, we've got other people. And one of our lead researchers and developers is a woman. So my CEO is a woman. So I just, you know, diversity within the influencer space and who we choose to work with is extremely important to me. And I, I try to do my best to ensure that you don't just have, you know, oh, look at all these white guys. Of course, it's IBM. Right. Yeah. And I think that's uh, super important because we talk about... Um, we talk about voice a lot, you know, with storytelling, right? So, Mm -hmm. and we want to have that representative voice of of the brand that has um, diversity and um, excitement and we call it humanizing the brand where it's like, it's really, we want to feel and touch and connect to the brand. And you can't do that if it's, if it's got this old stigma to it, you know, and and we see a lot of legacy businesses. I came out of finance and banking and Mm -hmm. obviously tech and there's still a lot of companies today that are, you know, for me, 30, 40 years later, just now starting to wake up to what yeah. you just said. Yeah. Understood. It's, it's evolving. We're evolving. Right. So in, in influencers or business influencers, mm-hmm. be, besides a good mix of type of people, what are other qualities that you look at? Like what's important? I mean, again, you don't have to be a technologist but you have to understand the technology and to take something very complex and simplify it. You know, that is, that's definitely an ingredient. Um, A critical thinker that way, you know, once you're talking about blockchain or you're talking about um, a hybrid cloud, or you've been talking about an industry transformation, which a lot of industries are undergoing, like you were saying, the legacies like financial services, um, they, I mean, technology is completely transforming their business. If you look at banks, you know, 20 years ago to now, people are banking and there's no brick and mortar bank. It's literally just an online bank. What? You don't have to like go in and talk. So many things and just so much disruption. And so when you're talking to influencers, and I'll just use in the industry space, you got to know people not only who know their industry backwards and forwards, whether it's banking, retail, healthcare, what have you, but how is technology changing that and can speak to that in a way that people are like, I never thought about that. Like I never thought, yeah, that's what's happening, you know, to me and that I I get it. And so critical thinking, um, again, you don't have to be a technologist, but you have to understand technology. Um, just someone who aligns with what we're trying to, to do and the stories that we're trying to tell. Um, influence is, is great if your influencer has influence, and I use that in air quotes, because right. it can be defined different ways by different people, however you deem influential. But you have to have people who engage with an audience, yes. right? Who just really, really engage. Not, you know, there are a lot of naysayers who get out there and get on their 
put the stoop down, step up, and I got something to say. <laughs> I'm an influencer. Plenty of those. Out there. Yeah. But we call those broadcasters. Just saying, they're plenty of them. <laughs> you have to make sure that, again, people really can break it down and, and people engage with that person, not just because you're out there shouting and doing your thing and pounding your chest, but like you actually drive engagement. So yeah. that's, what we, that's what I look for when we, when we partner with influencers. So uh, being in this space, you, you and I both know there's nano micros, macros, and, you know, megas out there now, right? So there's yes, classes. The nano influencer. <laughs> does, it, does it matter to you if they've got 10,000 followers or whatever? Or uh, it sounds to you, it sounds to me like that engagement part is probably the most critical, right? Correct. I, I don't do the numbers game because it's Good. it's flawed and it's you can I can poke holes. Vanity in that. metrics, isn't that what we call them? That's vanity what I call metrics. it. Vanity versus utility. That's <laughs> yes, what I, call I love them. it. The fluffy ones, but I don't I don't get into that. I want someone. It, it, you could have five hundred followers. Well, I'd say a base of thousand followers. Even if you have five hundred, I shouldn't say that because yes. we've done that before. Um, but you align with the IBM brand, our values, and the story we're trying to tell. I'm I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm not. I don't. I don't need to play the numbers game. Whoever's tweeting out there, Brandy Boatner says utility metrics over vanity, vanity. metric. Yes, that is please. Correct. Yeah, that please. Is For correct. 2020, folks, let's practice that. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, oh Jen, 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 my buddy from GE Healthcare says, I love that, all caps. <laughs> <laughs> Jen's another one of our thought leaders out there. Um, love it. So, uh, so really, I think it's important that as you're making those selections, um, do you look at um, the type of network that they have? I'm always curious who looks at that and who doesn't, like the, their do. audience. Absolutely, because again, to get that engagement number, you want someone, if you look at the network, almost like you know, the sphere of influence, you want them to be connected to other influential people right. because that drives the engagement, right? We all know that the, the time tradition of if you build it, they will come from Field of Dreams right. only lives in Iowa, okay? And not to mention that's not real. But the Yankees are going to play there. So are the White Sox. So are the White Sox. Right? So like that is going to happen. I was really excited. I'm like, <laughs> me too. me up. I'm going. I'm going to Iowa for that game. <laughs> but that's just a movie, right? And if you build it, they will come the day. Sorry, folks, spoiler alert, it's Kevin Costner's dad. So that's not exactly a good formula, right? <laughs> you look at the- Well, it is all about who you know, though. <laughs> I mean, that's the social Jack Tyler. That's like your timeline. But if you look at that, it's, you can't just say, like, if I just put it out, that like, it's going to, like, magically, you know, like, happen. And this is the way that it's going to be. That's, that's not accurate. And that's not true um, based on, like, what we do. So, again, you have to be really thoughtful about it because it's just not well I just put oh yeah it's just gonna magically you know happen no no it's not it's not the way right and and I would imagine that you also uh, have a mix of uh, potentially people that are clients and partners and maybe even some people that are just users right absolutely you know clients as as influencers it depends on what we're doing. And that's not to say we haven't done it before, but it really depends on, um, you know, what story we're trying to tell, the role our client plays um, in that. And it's not so much necessarily that they are an influencer. They definitely are influential and they help with the engagement. 
But if our client is a brand, and I'll just use Walmart as an example, um, we have a, a beautiful relationship uh, with Walmart around our blockchain capabilities and our food trust. And so you can, anybody can, you know, Google Walmart, IBM, food trust. Um, given that we are trying to reduce the amount of food waste um, using our blockchain technology. Um, every time I try to go on a diet, Dean, every single time, re- they recall romaine lettuce. So clearly... <laughs> I There's a, that's a sign. That's a sign from above. Exactly. Because every time I make the decision, when are you going to lose weight? When are you getting in that dress? Girl, you're definitely going to be Beyonce. They recall the lettuce. And I'm like, oh, Nobody wants me to lose this weight. So, hey, Lizzo, thank you for body positivity because I'm just going to stay big. Right? See, so, see, I, I have the opposite problem. Whenever I, whenever I think of diet, somebody orders extra pizza. So, you know, we have right? similar issues. It's so the recalls, right? So there was just another recall on romaine lettuce. There is so much food waste. I, I think the, the one of the statistics on our food trust is like 40% I know. I've seen. Yeah, I started it. I started in hospitality and food service and I used to drive me crazy, you know, how much was just going out the in the because we, you know, I was a busboy. I had to take the garbage out. Right. And I'm like, oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh, there's, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. There's people that could use what we're throwing away, you know. Right. So that it's a it's still a problem. And so if you look at that, would I say that Walmart as a brand is, is our influencer? They definitely are influential as we're trying to, yeah. you know, get companies to understand food waste and to cut down food waste. Um, is you know the person at Walmart that we work with who who leads the technology that we're driving? Is he an influencer? Absolutely. But are we you know telling everyone connect with him, connect with him, connect with him? Connect? Not necessarily because Walmart might have their own influence, but yeah. he helps us drive engagement right around bringing around the story that we're telling with blockchain and food waste and and what needs to be done and what can be done so we can stop the recalls of you know romaine and you know avocados i think i read today that there might be a french fry shortage yes. and that, that really really upset me like that really 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 upset me well the avocado one got my attention just so we're clear Sorry, again. It's that popular meeting room you selected. Very popular meeting room. I just like I don't want to like leave because I don't know where I'm gonna go, and everyone's like upset that I'm in here, and I'm like I'm live, I'm live on Facebook. Hi, hey guys. (laughs) It's super cool. Um, So does that mean that you would even maybe go? um, You wouldn't go, even though it's the blockchain and it's the technology piece with the storytelling. And the stories you might look for go beyond that, like even to the, you know, to the, uh, where the, those groceries get to or where that waste gets to. Cause that would, that's super cool to me. So. Absolutely. And just so you know, so that blockchain is not the business unit that I obviously support. I have a colleague, um, her name is Holly Haswell on the comm side. Um, I have another colleague, Nigel Gorpy on the marketing side who handle that, the blockchain story, but to your point, It goes beyond, there's so many things. It goes beyond the food waste. It's like, if I pick up this, you know, this, this kiwi, is it really fresh? Is it, it goes, you know, from farm to fork, it goes to, re- it, wow. there's so many stories told within that. Yes, food waste is, that's one story. But how is, again, technology transforming the hospitality industry, the restaurant industry? How is technology transforming food? All of that absolutely is what, our comms and our marketing teams, like I said, Holly and Nigel, shout out, love them, that they work on every day. 
That's super cool. That's super cool. Um, for influencers that are listening, we have a lot of business influencers that listen in to the podcast here. Um, what common mistakes do you see people make that you're like, you identified and you're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't, you know, they, they're good up to this point, but they're doing this. What, what are some of those mistakes you see? I think two of the biggest ones. No, it's a great question. I would say two of the biggest ones I see is the numbers game is, you know, picking influencers who look good on paper that have a lot, like a lot of followers um, and not doing enough research. I've, I've found that a couple of times, not with me. I heavily research. It's almost like background checks. I'm like a social stalker. Um, I'm single in Manhattan. You better believe I know how to talk. Okay? <laughs> better believe. Before I do that right swipe or when I do that right swipe, I'm pulling up your credit report. I know. Like, I They're know. going right into the blockchain. Exactly. Like, I know. So, but, but you, for business influencers, for our audience and my colleagues out there, you have to do the research because I have heard horror stories where someone, like I said, looked really good on paper, had you know, huge followers seem to have high engagement numbers with their posts. Um, but then you pull the you know covers back and it's like, whoa, some of the things they do that doesn't align with our brand or who right. are our values. But now you've gotten into a relationship with that person and it's like, because you didn't do your research. So don't get, you know, mystified by heavy followers. Make sure that those followers are actually real and not bots or something someone's paid for because that is right. still a very viable business. Um, in the social space that people are still, still in 2019 paying for Twitter followers, paying for Instagram followers, like that is still happening. So I, I see those two huge mistakes of not, you know, doing enough research and getting, you know, kind of, you know, mesmerized by the numbers. Yeah. And I think the good thing is too, uh, we had a couple interviews with some of the listening tools out there and they literally are starting to all identify and poke holes. And, you know, um, I realized even more when I was writing the workshop for I, um, you know, IMCX in LA, um, I found out that there were like so many automated processes and people will come to us and ask us for that. And I'm just like, we don't do that. You know, it's not yeah. who we are. And I'm like, uh, we're all about the real stuff, you know? So the yep. idea is um, we would see people that had automated commenting going on in their newsfeed engagement. I'm just like, not really? just followers, but they're automating the comments and everything else. And the one thing I don't okay. like, sorry, LinkedIn, I know, you know, you love me and hate me because I tell the truth. But the idea is um, when they prompt you in these messages to go, oh, that's awesome. We'll do absolutely thumbs up. And I'm just like, what, you can't speak for yourself? And I get it. And I sometimes I'll fall in the trap and I'll hate myself for like, no, no, that's I need to be <laughs> me talking, not IBM talking for me. That's not authentic. <laughs> And I hate to see us going that way, but I, I it's like this push pull, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's your thought? You know, because you and I both are around technology. What's your thought about that? You know, where they prompt you of what to say. So the the prompts don't bother me. I don't. Sometimes I use them if I'm in a hurry and not. So Guilty. this is what I will say about. And this is not about LinkedIn. I think automation is good when it aligns to your objective. Right. Yeah. I am a huge fan because I work at a tech company. I'm a huge fan of automation, huge automation for yes. IT infrastructure processes. Even for those of us who might be listening, you're in communications, marketing, digital, 
automation and automating tasks, especially if you're marketing, you know automation is like oh, yeah. a lifesaver yes, for some of the campaigns we work on. If you're a communications person, we haven't quite fully um, kind of taken advantage of automation, but I am a huge supporter of automation with business objective alignment, right? Automation with alignment. I am not going to say automate everything, you know, take out the human. Like you will never hear me say that. But I do think automation to some degree as it aligns to what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know Dean, you don't like the auto pops and it seems very, you know, you know, robotic. Fake. You don't have to use it. <laughs> you don't have to use it. Right. I know. I know. And that's, that's what I say too. And I'm like, Oh, it's so convenient, but it's not me. So what I do is I use the automated one and then I'll put a personal message right now. Exactly. Or I, I'll do, I'll, I'll do the automated, same thing. I'll do the automated ones and I'll say, you know, uh, you know, hope to catch up or because yeah. I want people to know that I, you know, that I care and it's me. And if they know me, trust me, people who know me, you yourself included, if you got something that was just like, that's great. Good job. You'd be like, Brandy, are you feeling okay? Like, where did she just say two words? That's great. Like, you know me. No, no. All right. So if you were coaching somebody to be an IBM influencer out there, what advice might you give them? I would say, um, again, love, be obsessed with technology and how things work. Maybe sprinkle that in with a little bit of futuristic you know, kind of predictions of where you see technology going. Um, I would say to a, you know, a prospective IBM influencer, understand how technology makes the world better. Yeah. Right? Like how does it make the world work better? I would say to an influencer, are you a problem solver? Do you like to solve problems? Because that is what we do best. And if you want to help us, tackle some of the world's largest problems and you want to do that, you would make an excellent IBM influencer. So that's I like what I would that. a perspective, a perspective influencer. Yes. Yeah. And you heard us early on in the show, not just wanting to do that, but once you learn helping to teach others to do that. Mm-hmm. And IBM's a great model citizen in the world, uh, I call you guys, uh, you guys a great digital citizen, just so you know. So you're, you're helping to influence people to be yes. better thought leaders and to change the world, which I love. Thank you. <laughs> um, speaking of those uh, automation and things, do you have any favorite apps or tools that you love that you're like, oh, I couldn't live without this? You know, what's your favorite yeah. stuff out there? <laughs> How much time I mean, do we have? <laughs> I was going to say, well, like that's, that's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, so I know, like, I know. Do I have favorite apps? Come on. Like, <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure we, you know, the API economy is very real. And of course I have favorite apps. Now, when you say favorite apps in terms of like brandy that I can't live without, because there are some, so I can just tell you the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, literally the very first thing I do now I meditate in the morning. Sure. That's the second thing. The very first thing I do is look at my Instagram. I open my eyes and I'm on Instagram. <laughs> literally. The first thing I do. So you can take that as as you will. Um, I do suffer from FOMO. FOMO is very real. Yeah, that's the fear of missing out. Oh yeah. So while I'm asleep, what did I miss? Like what happened? Like what did I miss? So Instagram, the second app that I use. So I do meditate before I come to work. I practice mindfulness, and so I have the Calm app. I, I do phone. too. I love that. I 
So wait, Dean, I love Calm so much because I do the guided meditation. I love it so much that I reached out to the the person who does my guided meditation. I reached out to her and I told her, I was like, her name's Tamara, love her. Told her, you get me so inspired in the morning. You get me so, like so much clarity and you just, I really appreciate what you do. She responded. It was not automated because it was a very nice response that she, and she was like, oh my gosh, I love receiving feedback like this. I'm so happy. I'm happy that you're happy with the app. This is what our, you know, the founders, this is what they wanted. She's wonderful. And so every, like probably every three months I send her an email, but she does my guided meditation every day and she's fantastic. So when I say, you know, do I need, that's my second, you know, app. And then the third is the times I I need to know what I need to know before I even get to the office. <laughs> I just need to know what I need to know before I get here. And then do you use any, uh, do you use any business tools, you know, like that you use for your own influence, you know, putting your, you know, maybe publishing or anything like that of things that you use. Uh, do you have any tools that you use personally around that to get your content I, out or to find content? I mean, so it, it's, you know, when I, when I get to work to, you know, to find content, you know, aggregators, I know you mentioned your love hate relationship with LinkedIn. I, you know, the LinkedIn rundown is wonderful because it kind of gives yeah. me like headlines of like what I need to know for the day. Right. Um, I love reading it on the weekends because they kind of do like a week, like a week recap. And then I, you know, get something new in terms of like publishing and what I do. Remember, you know, I'm more on like the listening side, which yep. when I come in to be like, what's happened, what's taken place, what conversations are taking place, where do I need to insert IBM, where do I need to insert my subject matter expert that like I'm on the list, I'm on the, the receiving and not, you know, kind of on the giving end. So not necessarily, I can't say that I, that there are so many tools. What about listening I, tools? Do you have listening tools? Yeah, we have our own, you know, we have our proprietary tools. Um, we have a whole part of IBM, our market development and insights um, that listen. Um, here in corporate headquarters, we have a team. Um, some of my colleagues who I love, uh, they have a, we have a social command center. So, oh, that's cool. Which is amazing. Is that in New York there? It is. It oh, is. okay. Is I got to come. I have to give you a tour. I have to give you yes. a tour. It's I'm going to give a tour. Command center. Very cool. Um, so we have that. We have some Watson proprietary tools, our insights that pulls. Um, we do use, you know, tools like Sprinkler for listening in addition to what we already have. So right. like I said, I'm on the receiving end, not so much the pushing out Yeah, got um, it. when it, when it gets to that, but it's just like, I want to use news aggregators. I want to use news sources, you know, re- to know, like I said, when I get here, what has happened, you know, right. what is going on? What, what's the news has something, you know, happened with technology. Like, like I said, I just read about the French fry shortage. Right. I'm like, okay, that's going back to food. That is something, you know, we probably need to talk about or it's all the various things. So I'm, I'm listening mode and what that's I use. Cool. That's cool. That's super phones. cool. Right. So you're a good listener. Amen. Hey, listen, so, uh, so, uh, what about, uh, you said you're a book reader. So any yes. books you want to give a shout out to like they're on the top of your list right now? I mean, so I don't know if you if you have read or if you are you're familiar with um Stephen is it Stephen Pinkett Stephen Pinker Oh yeah Pinker I, I think hold on Yes yeah love him but he did a book and I read this but in Enlightenment Now I don't know if you've ever read this book No So it's about 
science, technology, but it really, what really attracted me was it's about progress and how we progress. And that is one of the things that the IBM brand that we take very, you know. I love it. It says the case for reason, science, humanism, and progress, enlightenment now. That's going on my list. Thank you. Really, 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 really good book. Um, so that's something I would, uh, put on there. Now, if we want to get into, you know, like the, the business books, of course I still read, everyone's coming up with their list of like the best books, you know, of the decade and the best books of the year. And I'm a, I'm a fiction reader. I love, (laughs) um, I really like historical fiction. Oh, really? Like, oh my gosh, I am like obsessed with historical fiction. But since this is a very serious business podcast, I will talk about- It's not serious at all. (laughs) (laughs) I will will talk about business. What about, what about time travel? Um, yes and no. Depends on the day you get me with time travel. Okay. So I have a time machine. I didn't know if it'd come in handy, but we'll talk about that later. So yeah, no, we'll, 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 we definitely will have to, um, talk about it. Um, there's another book, uh, called subscribed. Um, and I don't know if you, and this is really fascinating. So subscribed is really fascinating because if you think about the rise and it talks about this, the rise of subscription services and how a lot of businesses are moving to this subscription model right. and the ones that are successful and then the ones that are not successful and looking at, well, why did this one subscription base work? And, but if you think about it, think about, I don't know if you, if you do any subscription based, Oh yeah. how many there are. I know. A ton, right? So what is it about that business model? that people really take to. And I don't mean from the, the people who are doing this subscription. I'm talking about the consumer, right? right. Um, what, what, what attracts us to that, right? And so I think if we look at like the, so that, so that book really gets um, into that and it's fascinating, very, very fascinating. I personally have done um, Stitch Fix. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yep. Um, I've done that. I have friends who do the, the pet subscription boxes so that their pets oh, yeah. get various things. But it is really interesting. Five years ago, I wasn't talking about subscription boxes. Like I wasn't talking about that. So now it's a thing. So it's well, a very people good even do like subscription meals. Now we got caught up in that a little bit and I'm like, stop. How did we get right? involved with this? It's like, I have to buy a freezer now. <laughs> but now it's not even like it's meals, it's clothing, yeah. it's, you know, uh, tea, it's, it, it, you name it. There's Anything. Exactly. But you have to think, why do we, why do, why do we do this? Or why do we subscribe to this? Or why do we, is it because we live in the era of convenience and we want everything now and be able to, is it because Amazon has changed the game for how we do things and now yeah. we have Prime where you can get things with like, what is it? I don't know the, I'm just saying, read the book. <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I don't know the answers I'm just giving you, but it is a very fascinating thing to do. I say niche and be first or second. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, Je- uh, Jen gave a shout out again here. She goes for, uh, have you read When We Were Yours? It's a great fi- historical fiction. I have not, but thanks, Jen, for that recommendation. <laughs> I will definitely. Definitely be checking that out. We'll have to connect you and Jen up. You have a lot of similarities, I'm telling you. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
Um, all right, super cool. And then um, just, uh, you know, sort of last but not least, are there any oh, uh, maybe shout outs you want to give to people that have helped mold your career, got you to this moment that you'd just like to go, I wouldn't be here without? Oh my God, there's so many. That, I know. Yeah, you with these loaded questions. I, I know, you. right? <laughs> there are so many people. I wouldn't be sitting here with you and I wouldn't be where I am. There's so many people <laughs> that I can um, give shout outs to who um, just really encouraged me, inspired me, um, empowered me, challenged me. Um, there are some that made me feel super uncomfortable, not uncomfortable in a bad, a, yeah, a bad right. way, uncomfortable in thinking I couldn't do something, but really like got me out of the familiar to try something different that I ended up loving. And it right. was like, oh my God, you knew that I needed to, you needed to make me uncomfortable to do this. Um, so a lot, I, you know, obviously big shout out to Mary Boatner, the giver of my life, my mother, Southern Belle that she is. Um, she's fantastic. And I wouldn't be here obviously if it wasn't for her. Um, right. And I absolutely, it's an honor to be her daughter and to have her as my mother. Love her very much. Um, in terms of from like childhood, when I decided I wanted to go into, you know, PR professors that I had, Dr. Kathy Rogers, shout out Loyola Wolfpack. She instrumental, um, very much instrumental in my life. And then here at IBM, I could give you a laundry list of people here at IBM uh, who have been I can't champions yeah, for cool. my career, um, cheerleaders, advocates. I mean, I, I have a, I have several mentors within the company. And for those of you who are listening, if you don't have a mentor, please get one. Yes. They are just so invaluable um, to your growth. And growth yeah. is a beautiful process, and it's necessary. But you have to have people who can guide you in that growth because it can be scary and messy. Um, but if you have someone that you can talk to as you were going through the pro, it's, it makes and make sure so you pick fun. someone that is, uh, not where you're at, but where you want to get to. Absolutely. Yeah. And make sure you also pick someone who might not necessarily look like you. Yeah. Right. A lot of times people feel comfortable with mentors who look like them and yeah. you have shared experiences and I get that, but it shouldn't just be about that. Going back to my diversity plug. So as I'm saying, I could name, I could rattle off so many names of people uh, within IBM over the last 10 years that literally have, have made me who I am. Uh, some of them I tell pretty regularly. One of them, uh, the person who hired me um, into IBM, his name is Ed Barbini. He works in our corporate comms. I tell him all the time, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. <laughs> I wouldn't be here. I owe so much of my career to him. Uh, and again, like I said, I could name the, you know, managers I've had, my current managers, the leaders, John Awada, you know, IBM kind of icon was with IBM for 34 years, just people who believed in me and who really, really, you know, kind of pushed me sometimes when I didn't believe in myself. Sometimes I was like, I can't do that. And they were like, are you kidding me? Of course you can. I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah yes yes you can so i don't want to name everybody but there are yeah, that's cool people who are still here at ibm and then some who have moved on from ibm who i wouldn't be sitting here without without them the alumni 
Definitely. <laughs> that Definitely. IBM alumni is amazing. I still it have people in that. Fantastic. In that like I said, I work with some of the smartest, most amazing people. And that is, you know, again, one of the joys. Not, not only do I love what I do, I love influencer relations. I love social. I love PR. I love what I do, but I really love who I get to do it with. That's I love cool. my colleagues. For sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, so yeah. So, if people want to connect to you, what's the best channel for you? Absolutely. So, even though I said I check Instagram, but the best channel to connect with me is LinkedIn, and so it's just Brandy Boatner. That's with an I, not a Y. Um, Twitter also very viable. If you go to at Think Blue PR, that's my Twitter handle of choice. There is not Brandy Boatner. That was done when I was in college. That is a private. I don't use that as much anymore. But at Think Blue PR, when you see like Beyonce of the business world, because I'm hoping that Beyonce might pick it up in her feed and she'll be like, who's this girl? And then, you know, all the magic will happen. I get to babysit the twins, which is what I really want them to do. But um, so I would say that I'm not really one for Facebook. That's not really my jam. So don't, if I don't answer an invite on Facebook, that's okay. Because I'm just not into it. Um, my Instagram is a lot of like, it's almost like watching the reality show, The Adventures of Brandy on my Instagram. <laughs> As I mentioned, National Cookie Day, I put the snickerdoodle up there. Um, I had like some birthday pics. Um, my birthday was a few weeks ago. It's really like the, the you know, the, the Brandy show. A lot of bubbles, drinking. I love champagne, a lot of that stuff. So LinkedIn and Twitter. But if you want something that's funny, Instagram. <laughs> and I and I I wrote down something for you. So B2B stands for uh Brandy to Beyonce. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I will I saw you put that in your headline right now. <laughs> I will take it. I will take it. Brandy to Beyonce is I think it's one or you know, hey, we can do the Beyonce to Brandy. Yeah, I, right. Yeah. <laughs> I can take she it just wishes way. she could be you. <laughs> Or, you know, have some of my, you know, listen, she's all, she's great with branding herself, but maybe she could do a little branding with Brandy. To yeah, help with there you go. Brand, there but might be a partnership there. You never just know. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, queen. I love you, queen. I love you. I, love you. I oh, it's, I always love talking with you, Brandy. Likewise. Thank you so much for being on and, and being part of our world and enlightening people, encouraging and motivating Thank you people. For the opportunity. Yeah. And then um, I, I texted Brianna while uh, before we started the show, and she's like, "Yes, introduce me to her." So we'll get you in that SMSS club, Perfect. and it's a great club to be in, and, and you'll fit in just fine there. So thank with you. that being said, I just want to thank you from everybody here at the Social Jack Studios, and and you know in our family for the Influence Factory. And uh, thank you for inspiring us and being one of our top thought leaders oh. out there. And uh, we'll have you on again. Uh, and then I want to uh, do that interview with you for the book, if you don't mind. Yes, I think that'd be great. So, Thank you so much, Dean, for the opportunity. Yes. Thank you for all who tuned in and who listened. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Bill. It was so nice to talk to you guys. Thanks, Jerry. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Again, I appreciate the opportunity. I want to wish everyone a happy holiday season. Yes. Happy Please. holidays. Yes, thank you so much. All right, from all of us here, all of us you out there, remember as an influencer and a thought leader, if you learned something great today, please share it today while you're remembering it and say, here's what I heard from Brandy at IBM That's and this it. is what I learned and pass it on, please. Absolutely. Right. Thanks everybody and we'll see you looking amazing online. Take care. <laughs>
We welcome feedback and suggestions. You can provide these by visiting our website at www.myinfluencefactory.com. And if you are interested in Social Jack's 90 Days to Influence program, you can simply go to 90daystobusinessinfluence.com and simply ask for the next steps. While our program airs regularly on Zoom webcasts and Facebook Live on Wednesdays at noon central, we invite you to download episodes on your favorite channel, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and who knows where else in the future. We will also provide occasional on-location live streams with special guests that we will announce in our community Facebook group, Business Influencer Alliance, as well as on all Social Jack channels. Our mission is to help you build your digital business influence with this podcast, as well as inspire, educate, and entertain those who are hungry to collaborate in a cool place with cool business professionals just like you.